The University of Oregon's Sports Product Management Master's Program teaches the business of creating sports and outdoor apparel, footwear, and equipment. You'll learn how to innovate, spot business opportunities, pitch ideas, collaborate cross-functionally, measure success, and much more. Network with leaders in the sports and outdoor industry through your instructors, program mentors, guest speakers, and optional internship opportunities at companies such as Adidas, Nike, Columbia Sportswear, On Running, Reebok, Under Armour, Keen, Hydroflask, and more. The program is available as an immersive, on-site, 18-month program for emerging talent based in Portland. Oregon, and an innovative 21-month online program for working professionals. Visit spm.uoregon.edu for more information. One more time, visit spm.uoregon.edu for more information. In startup culture, you kind of have control in a sense of your own growth. So I went from this kid that was, you know, a little bit wet behind the ears in terms of this side of the business, but making it to where I am now and, you know, taking strides. That's kind of how I got my, my foot in the door. And I said, hey, I know it's a, a big ask, but if you are at the office, I'd love to talk to whomever. And that organically turned into a six-hour interview. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. Have you heard of Overtime Elite? If you're a long-term fan of this show, you probably remember our interview with Callie Franklin, who was, is the Senior VP of Talent Acquisition for Overtime Elite. And we talked a lot about hiring, what she's looking for, HR kind of perspective, talent acquisition stuff. But we didn't probably get as deep into Overtime Elite and what it is during that conversation. But this is one of those disruptive businesses that I'm really intrigued by. All right, so let's frame it this way. If you were an amazing high school baseball player, you could get drafted right out of high school, become a professional playing in the minor leagues. You earn money, you train, you develop, and hopefully someday you make it to the Major League Baseball team. Or you could go the college route. You could still go to any school out there, play for their team, and get drafted later. Bottom line, you have options. You have choices. You can go earn money right now and build yourself, or you can go to college and build yourself for later. If you're a college football player, you must play three years of college football before declaring for the draft. Not many options. So, Those are the two extremes. Basketball has kind of vacillated in the middle somewhere. There was a time when players like Kobe Bryant and Kevin Garnett and even earlier Moses Malone went straight to the pros right out of high school. But there's no longer that straight high school to the NBA process. And therefore, players have less options. Enter Overtime Elite. They are changing the hoops game. I love these disruptive companies in sports. Okay, so Overtime Elite positions itself as an alternative path to the NBA. It's for 16 to 20-year-olds, including several four- and five-star recruits and top international prospects. It's another path for someone. They are in high school, they're 16 years old, and they can go sign up to play at Overtime Elite. They recruit these players into Overtime Elite, they split them up into various teams, and they compete against prep and postgraduate opponents. And I think they're either trying to or are scheduling some G League teams. OTE, the difference, OTE pays players a minimum of 100K per season and preps them for the NBA life. So now players have additional options. You're a youngster. You're in high school. You're playing hoop. You can't go direct to the NBA. You can go to college. You can go to overtime elite. Options. Now, 
This is disruptive, I'd surely say so. It's also a great business opportunity. These massive organizations want to partner with OTE and these stars that they're making, which is where today's guest, Trevor Goodall, account manager for OTE brand partnerships, comes into this story. So here he is, my friend Trevor Goodall. Hey, Trevor, great to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, how are things going on your end? Everything's great. I love these conversations. It's one of the most exciting things I get to do as part of my job and get to learn more from people out there doing it like you are. So uh, let's just jump into this conversation. About four years ago, you joined Overtime and now Overtime Elite. And that's one of the most disruptive organizations in sports. I think we've all been tracking everything you guys are doing and everybody's been so impressed. Definitely an exciting time for you in your career. But before we get into all that of what's happening now, let's go back a little bit. You're a first-generation college graduate, graduating from Notre Dame in 2019. What does that mean to you, being a first-generation college grad? That's That's got to just be something you carry so much pride with. Yeah, definitely, definitely a, a healthy balance of pride and then also self-inflicted pressure. Mm. But, but, but good things, both good things that have led me to be where I am today and you know, will stick with me um, throughout my matriculation in this industry. But more directly to your question, it's, it's something that um, I don't take lightly. I'm blessed to be in this position. Um, I'm blessed to have had the support, the foundation, the family, friends, resources, and network that I have that have gotten me to this point. Um, but ultimately for me, and like I said, it's kind of a, a healthy balance of pride, but also self-inflicted pressure. Um, this just means, you know, there's more work to do. So I look, I look forward to it. Good. Taking on that challenge is pretty cool. Yeah. So you got your degree in marketing, media studies, and a minor in Asian studies. You could have done anything. You could have gone anywhere. You could work at any corporation across America. Mm. Why, why sports? What led you this direction? Why did you make this choice? Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because I didn't always think I was going to work in sports, uh, let alone the business side of sports. I kind of went through two fads of honing in on um, science and wanted to be a chemical engineer in middle school. And then, um, you know, I had this idea of going to law school. I've always been a big proponent of continued education. And so, um, you know, I was thinking in whatever, whatever field I go into, you know, there's, there's gotta be, you know, pretty good money. Um, if you, if you have a JD and have that background and whether you start your own practice or practice uh, within a firm, you know, there's good money to make in a, in a good living. So, um, Early on in high school, I was like, you know, I love history as well. Um, that could be something I focus on on uh, in undergrad, and that would be something I could, you know, get good grades in and eventually go to law school. Um, but I want to say around sophomore year um, of high school, it just clicked with me that, you know, I should focus on um, something that I love. You know, my parents really supported that. Obviously, you know, want to make a good living for myself, but um, it's something that I was always been passionate about. I've competed um, at the highest level um, in middle school and high school um, in basketball and baseball. And so I, I had those relationships and that genuine interest and drive to compete. But the the kicker for getting into sports um, was just growing up and seeing, you know, family, um, friends of family, loved ones, people in my network, you know, suffer from two things, you know, financial and social ills. And so um, a lot of those guys and girls, you know, they had potential um to to make it big whether it's being an entertainer you know through dance music or acting or as an athlete 
um, on the hardwood or on the floor. And a lot of them fell short of maximizing and seeing through that potential as a result of, you know, different social ills, uh, you know, their environment, not being in the best environment or financial ills and not not having the best resources or guidance to maximize that. So that was ultimately the the motivation that I needed. And, it, you know, it's part of my my journey of why I got into sports today. I love that story. You said something in there that really stood out to me. You talked about your drive to compete. And and we both know the sports industry is really competitive. What was your strategy when you were in college at Notre Dame to gain as much experience as possible? How did you get out there and say, this is how I'm going to attack this goal that I have of working in the sports industry? Yeah, it's it's odd um, understanding how you can carve your lane and garner experience in the sports industry. And it's a question that I've gotten a lot over the past years, even when I was an undergraduate student. Um, and I say this because Notre Dame, although it's a school full of resources and has a huge sports fandom across programs, it does not to this day have a, um, a sports management or sports marketing yeah. program. It doesn't have curriculum focused on that. And so, um, you know, as a freshman, you know, realizing this, you know, even though I understood, you know, what schools were um, and what majors I, I had at my disposal, um, I knew it was a great school and a great network to be a part of. And so I got in and said, hey, whatever I have to do, if it's picking up an extra major, if it's um, garnering this professional experience while being involved as a student on campus, I can use what's at my disposal and create the experience that I want to I want to have once I leave after four years. And so. Um, I did exactly that. I, so I first made sure my curriculum was tailored towards garnering as much academic ex- experience as possible around sports and entertainment. So that's where, you know, I, I, I was in the Mendoza School of Business and majored in marketing. So I had that foundation. But also I wanted to understand the entertainment side of things. And so um, in the School um, of College of Arts and Letters, we have this, this subset called film, theater and television. And so within that, um, there's a media studies concentration that allows me to understand things like what are conglomerates? How do TV and movie studios monetize and how do they make money? Um, what is their relationships with uh, different news and different unions, different guilds, um, different brands? So piecing those two things together allow me to understand uh, what it takes and, you know, what I need to do to get into the sports entertainment industry. And then you know, this idea of having a minor in Asian studies, that was just a way to strategically set myself apart. So I understand, you know, the business and culture of both Japan and China. And, you know, while I don't um, utilize that per se, being that I work for a company um, in a domestic capacity, um, it's something that I still hone in, I still study and read about and learn about and have friends um, in both uh, countries. And eventually in my career, it's, it's something I plan to tap into. Yeah. I love the strategy and approach. I mean, I, I was looking through your background and seeing some of your internship experiences. I mean, you interned at CAA, which one is the most, one of the most powerful sports agencies out there in the world. Uh, what was that experience like watching the best in the business operate and then also seeing athlete marketing firsthand? I tend to tell people all the time, doing some internships that have those big name brands on them can really stand out in your resume and you can see how the best people in the world are doing it. What was that experience like for you? It was it was one of the, the best summers of my life. And I've, I've had many great summers since then, but um, it was one that I learned a lot about myself. It was my first time 
you know, living in a, a, a city that I hadn't lived in before, um, being in Los Angeles. So being in the, the Century City um, location in West in West L.A. Um, so that was this whole that was a whole ordeal on its own. Just the living situation, navigating Los Angeles as a, a temporary resident. Um, but that added to my experience in the office and um, just understanding how people matriculate through agencies like CAA. So yeah. uh, putting in the groundwork in mail rooms, um, networking across departments to, you know, to tackle uh, what's needed to recruit um, a potential client or um, to better serve and activate an existing client. And so um, understanding all those things, that was a big takeaway from that summer. I went in with a, an interest saying, hey, I want to be in sports. And that's, you know, that was a, a notable thing I addressed throughout my interviews. And so uh, to my surprise and to the surprise of the other interns, when you get there, they say, hey, we know you, uh, you mentioned this area as your uh, intent, but um, we're going to place you where we see fit after two years of getting to know you, understanding um, your strengths, what you're interested in outside of that initial intent and interest. And so, uh, you know, like I said, I have a background in basketball and baseball yeah. competing, but also, you know, just garnering experience and interest on the business side. And lo and behold, I was placed in the hockey department. <laughs> and so it's a nice challenge. Yeah, a, a nice challenge. Um, and so being from a state like Indiana, you know, we basketball is close to religion here. And so, yeah, um, if it wasn't baseball, I was certain that I was going to be placed in the basketball department. But I didn't have an, an, an ego about it. Um, I just simply asked why they placed me there and what was their goal. And they, they, they said, hey, we, we really took a liking to you, your story and, you know, your ambition. And we wanted to place you with, you know, one of the best agents um, in sports period. And uh, that was Pat Brisson. Yeah. And so through, um, through working with him and um, his assistants and his team, I learned a great deal about collective bargaining, marketing. Um, for a pro athlete, um, um, navigating trade scenarios and situations and, and how they prospect young talent from across the world at such a young age um, in an industry like hockey, which is completely different than basketball or football. So um, yeah. that, was, that was very um, interesting. And then outside of sports, um, CAA allowed me to see how different departments work cross-functionally. So I got to um, work in music a little bit. I still got to um, gained some experience in the basketball department, but I learned a great deal outside of sports, uh, to put it, you know, pretty short and concise. Um, learned about, you know, motion picture, television, digital content, which is kind of what planted those seeds to me getting to overtime um, after graduating. Athlete marketing is is definitely come to the forefront a lot over the last decade or so of really focusing in on how athletes build their brand and are associated with different partnerships, et cetera. What were some of the big things you learned from working under Pat on on that side of things, on developing the whole athlete? More than just mm -hmm. negotiating a contract, it's it's building their brand. What did you learn from him? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the first and important thing is having a solid team around you, um, those that have your best interests at heart. And so, um, you know, kind of having that discernment and how you piece that A team together was a, a key takeaway from that summer and, and working with his team. But the other aspect was, you know, just on an individual level as an athlete, um, the biggest thing when, when building your brand is understanding who you are, what your morals and values are, and, 
you know, what are those things that you are passionate about? If, if you're going to be working with brands, if you're going to um, tell your story through content and, you know, have different interviews and build relationships, you want to have an understanding of what you do like and what you don't like and stand firm in that. And yeah. that doesn't mean uh, what your interests are and what you're passionate about doesn't change or evolve, but having um, a core foundation of those things definitely goes a long way. So for example, if I'm not a consumer of, of a certain product and I don't genuinely like it, I probably won't have a great um, experience marketing that product or being an ambassador for that brand. And so just having those organic synergies goes, goes a long way. Um, that was definitely something I learned. So yeah, I'd say having a great team and understanding your morals and values so that when you um, are in the boardroom and are working with brands and representing um, your own brand, you understand what place yeah. uh, you come from and where you're headed. That alignment is so important. So you got hired, you, you alluded to it already, and I've, I've mentioned it too. You got hired as an account coordinator at Overtime in, in June 2019, almost directly after graduating. So that was quick. Congratulations. That's impressive. What was your approach once you graduated to breaking in, getting that first chance? And, and what do you remember about that interview process with Overtime? What was that, that first break-in moment like for you? Yeah, I mean, just getting to that point, um, it, it was uh, full of highs and lows. I mean, mostly talking to myself saying, hey, um, compared to your peers that may be in, you know, finance, accounting or other um, other industries, this industry isn't one that you you have a return offer going into your senior year. It's 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 an industry where you, you have to build those relationships and plant those seeds. And like you said, get your foot in the door on the best way possible. Yeah. And so a lot of that work to get to overtime was done during my senior year, just in Working with the Notre Dame women's basketball team, I got to uh, develop a relationship with um, someone that was talent for our women's basketball channel and was uh, a main driver in that success early on. And then also one of my good friends um, who played for Notre Dame's football team went on to uh, be talent for our football vertical and and developed that IP. And so just having those relationships, I, I got to understand what sports media was on a social first level through uh, a brand like Overtime. And um, from there, I was like, you know, I might have, you know, an opportunity to go back to CAA or even to work for a team in the NBA, things like that. But I see, you know, athletes, you know, building their brand through content. And so this is something uh, that I want to get into. It's something that I don't have a lot of um, understanding and knowledge in, which was a plus for me. You know, the the learning curve was going to be high. And so that's something that I wanted to see through early on in my career. And so um, I want to say spring break before graduating, I was in New York staying with a friend and I hit the hiring manager um, for uh, the role that I, I had right out of college. And I said, hey, um, I know it's a, a big stretch. It's a, biz- it's a big ask, but I'm in town for a couple of days. I'd love to, one, uh, you know, get coffee with you. Um, if, yeah. you if you are at the office um, during this time, I'd love to, um, come see the office and talk to whomever and that organically turned into a six hour interview. Wow. Um, being that, I, being that I was in town. So I got to talk to uh, my first manager and a good friend of mine. Um, I got to talk to one of the co-founders. I got to talk to the head of the brand partnerships department, um, talk to HR and I talked to um, someone that was leading business development. So it's a pretty good day. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good and long intense day. Definitely unexpected on my part, but uh, just being nimble and being ready and, you know, being ready to take that on, that led to me 
uh, getting a call uh, two days before graduating um, saying that, hey, we want you, uh, we, we understand, you know, there's a lot of potential with you and we'd love for you to join the brand partnerships team. And so that's kind of how I, I got my, my foot in the door uh, with overtime. I, I know no two days are the same and every day is a different kind of challenge with new things that pop up, but in an overarching kind of way, how would you describe what it's like to work as an account coordinator for a brand like Overtime that is rapidly growing and has tons of media attention? Yeah. So, um, like you said, my, my first role with Overtime was the account coordinator. And so at that point, um, that was year three of our company. And so still very much uh, that startup culture of, hey, yeah, this is your your concentration. Like you said, no day is the same. Um, but if you do have an interest in other areas, you know, you have to handle your bread and butter, your your priorities on the brand side. But if, if you, you know, for example, like I did, I had an interest in, I still do have an interest in uh, the music side. So how do how can we build Overtime's brand and relationships on the music side? So I got to tap into that. Thinking about things like, you know, acquisitions and strategic partnerships, I got got a little bit of taste of that as well. But my day to day, if if there was one, was you know providing support for um, the entire department at such an entry level role. Like I mentioned, I didn't have a foundation in media and was learning how uh, sports media companies develop relationships with brands. So it was a lot of providing support for branded campaigns and working with brands endemic to sports like Nike, Adidas, Gatorade, Body Armor, uh, but non endemic brands. So uh, the FDA, um, Milk Pep, mm-hmm. um, QSR brands like Jack in the Box or McDonald's. So, you know, supporting campaigns, you know, a lot of the groundwork, um, um, tracking how branded content is performing, helping build decks. Um, but a lot of that uh, groundwork was helping helping me build a foundation and understanding, hey, this is what a media plan is. This is how we um, create value around what we're delivering and this is how we make money and this is how we develop our relationships with brands. So that was a, that was pretty much how my, my first year, year and a half went. But like I said, in startup culture, you, you kind of have this way of having control in a sense of your own growth. So while um, I was a coordinator, I I did uh, grow really fast. And so I got to eventually manage my own campaigns and manage my own relationships um, in a branded content capacity while still being a coordinator. And so, unfortunately, we, we ran into a pandemic. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Era, yeah, in, yeah. In, Mar- in March um, 2020. And so um, any opportunity to um, have a, a title change that reflected the work that I was doing um, was a little bit of a stretch. You know, I was blessed to still have a job um, yeah. throughout throughout the pandemic, throughout 2020 and 2021. And so... It was more or less garnering, garnering more experience, um, dealing with bigger brands with bigger budgets throughout um, the pandemic was uh, the focal point of my career at that time. And so it made me hungry and humble for more. And so towards somewhat the tail end of, of 2020, internally, we started talking about Overtime Elite and um, how this was something we were going to go to market, going to market with uh, once things, you know, cooled down a little bit. Um, it was a little bit safer to be outside and rub elbows, you know, shake hands, kiss babies, the whole nine, things like that. Yeah. And so um, the top of 2021 was when um, I got the role that I have now, which was being an account manager for all of our brands for Overtime Elite. So 
it, it's been a whirlwind um, in a good way, uh, mostly. I'm just seeing how I went from, you know, uh, this kid that was, you know, a little bit wet behind the ears in terms of this side of the business, but making it to where I am now and, you know, taking strides. Let's talk a little bit about the strategy. So you did, after almost two years, you were promoted to account manager, like you mentioned, at over, on the overtime elite side, and you're focused on brand partnerships. I've spoken to a lot of people on the partnership sales and activation and business development sides over the years. And often they work, you know, if they're working for a team, they're working with an established brand. Like they, mm-hmm. they have their lineup already set. They have every category kind of covered. A lot of it's on relationship building and retention, et cetera. With a new brand like Overtime and Overtime Elite, how would you explain your business focus? Is it all just like everything's open for business? Let's just go acquire as much as we can? Or how do you guys approach it and figure out what those right partnerships are? Yeah, so a, lo- a lot of the groundwork and while we've been successful, you know, now embarking on season two of OTE is a lot of, has a lot to do with the foundation made on our, on our core business. So we, about four to five years of building um, such a, a, commu- a community, a content ecosystem, brand, brand relationships um, in those four to five years before OTE came on the scene, that was kind of the foundation that we used to, um, you know, drive Overtime Elite, at least from a content perspective. So those first two brands that we brought on in Gatorade and State Farm, those are brands that we worked with in our core business. And they, yeah. they understood the value prop of Overtime Elite and what we were building, um, not only for um, athletes and a better path to be a pro, but also um, from, a, from an audience perspective and a new offering for sports fans, fans that were looking for something new. Um, still in, in the sports ecosystem and around basketball. And so um, it wasn't so much that we were creating something net new. Um, the IP, yes, that was net new, but the foundation of this audience of 60 plus millions of fans, we still had that. That was our, our main driver. And that's what we used to help build Overtime Elite's um, IP. Um, but having those relationships prior, that's that's kind of what we use. In saying that, We've came a long way. You know, OTE's IP um, has developed pretty fast um, across social channels, and it has built a, a really strong audience for itself. So that's not to say we don't use the core business and, you know, the IP there to drive this business. It's something that we still use. Um, we're only in year two, um, but OTE's IP is developing uh, pretty strong. And, you know, we have some, some improvements to make, but it's, it's developing on its own as well. And um, on the brand side, um, you know, I mentioned our, those first two brands that committed to build OTE with us were Gatorade and State Farm. Uh, we've built uh, with other brands that we hadn't worked with prior. So in brands like Tops Trading Cards, uh, brands like MetaQuest, uh, one we just recently announced last week, GMC. Those are brands that uh, we hadn't worked with um, prior to announcing OTE in the marketplace. So I guess it's a testament to um, a lot of the groundwork, our, our brand team and Others across the um, the overtime family have done to spread the word, um, plant some seeds in the marketplace, and say, "Hey, we're here uh, to build, and we want to we want to grow with you." And you know, there's opportunities if we hadn't worked before, opportunity to work in the future. So, as you look at it, and you've obviously had early success, and you're doing all these crazy great deals with big brands like Nike and Gatorade and State Farm, and it's got to be really exciting. But as you look at it and observe it and think about other people who may want to follow in your footsteps and get to this point of their career, what would you say are those key skills that have really helped you develop in this role and get to the point where you are right now? 
it's something uh, I honed in really since since high school, and it, it's 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 kind of why I move with um, a sense of confidence. And some people may not think it's a, a strength, but I, I value it, and it's honing in on this idea that you don't know everything. Yeah, and and that's something that um, I cherish. I ask a lot of questions, um, and knowing that I don't know a lot of a lot about everything. That's why I network a ton and and have have tried to uh, stay consistent with that. And and the beauty of not knowing a lot of things is a lot of things is that if you don't know, someone else might. And so having those relationships, uh, building that rapport with others that may have the answers or you know may be the decision makers too. And then the third thing is you know just being a good person and and taking care of people, um, not in a, a financial sense, um, but in a uh, from a human level, uh, whether it's professionally or for personal reasons, um, being a good person and looking after people and, and nurturing those relationships, you know, everything uh, doesn't have to be um, in service to others because you expect something back. And of course, you know, that's the nature of this business. You know, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. But uh, just genuinely uh, looking out for people and uh, knowing that, you know, that type of uh, good rapport or karma, for lack of better words, uh, pays dividends along the road. Uh, just being a good person. And uh, taking care of others would be the third thing. Yeah. I mean, that's a good rule to live by right there for sure. We'll finish up with this, Trevor. I'm so appreciative of your time and effort and and so many exciting things happening in Overtime and Overtime Elite. You, I think a lot of people struggle with finding their career fit. You know, they're in college, they love sports, but they don't know what that means or what that what that's going to look like for them, or just figuring out where they they fit into the world. You found a great career fit. I know you have big aspirations, and you can tap into the other parts of your your experience with Asian studies and other things like that. And you have a lot of visions towards your future, but. As you look at it now with Overtime and Overtime Elite, what are those specific things or moments that you really love about your job, the things that you really look forward to doing that make it all feel special? Because uh, it, it should, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. this whole experience of of working in the sports industry should feel special. And mm-hmm. so what are those moments for you? Yeah, I'd say um, building Overtime Elite in general. So watching us go from um, being in the marketplace very early, early on to um, launching our first season, that was that entire process was something special um, because, like I mentioned, I, I joined overtime in year three, and so yeah, I'm still helping build the tentacles of of this monster of overtime, um, being that we're we're still in our infancy, um, but helping build IP from the start, such as overtime elite, that that process has been special, and and then also um, I talked about the ethos of overtime being that. We have a strong content arm. We we have these strong relationships with with brands um, from a partnership perspective and commerce perspective. But uh, our community um, that's 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 literally the foundation of of overtime, dating back to our relationships in in New York hoops. And so, uh, being able to still to this day provide support for the youth and show love at uh, parks like Rucker Park or Dykeman um, in New York, for example, or uh, being able to, um, you know, show love and um, give, you know, people an intimate experience at Overtime Elite Arena in Atlanta with, you know, surprise and surprise fans uh, with such an intimate experience. That's that's definitely been um, a highlight of mine as well. And then lastly, um, to wrap things up, I mentioned, you know, why I'm in this industry in the first place. And a lot of that motivation has to has to do with and comes from seeing those that I've been around, you know, throughout my life since I was very young, not make it. And, you know, 
foresee their potential. The foundation behind Overtime Elite is to provide optionality and a better path for athletes to become pros and to build pro habits. And so watching, you know, these 20 to 30 young men that are in our league um, develop those develop those pro habits yeah. on and off the court has been um, a beautiful sight to see. And, and it's it's something that, that I'm passionate about. I'm, I'm all about athlete empowerment and, you know, being at overtime, seeing these athletes build their brands and try to build a better future th- for themselves. That's that's also been a highlight of mine as well. For sure. And you know what? It's been a highlight of ours to be partnered with Hashtag Sports and the Creators of Color program, uh, which you were part of the cohort of this year. It's been great getting to know you and so many other members of the cohort. It, it's great to see a lot of these developing programs for Overtime Elite, and that is helping to, to build and develop. And, and same with the program through Hashtag Sports to highlight and, and award and, and really be enthusiastic about those young creatives in our industry. So congratulations to you on that. Thank you so much for this conversation and, and best of luck into the future. It's been great getting to talk to you. No, thank you. And um, yeah, very appreciative of Hashtag Sports, Overtime, Overtime Elite. And finally, um, you, Brian, for, for taking the time to um, help highlight people like me and in our stories and um, how we're how we're navigating this industry and um, you know trying to set the tone for the for the next generation as well. You are you're 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 providing a blueprint to so many other young people out there that are wondering like I I, I want to do that thing. How do I get there? And they can they can follow in your footsteps. They can learn from you. They can observe from you. And that's the spirit behind this podcast too is to have these conversations so that we can get representation out there so that we can have young people having a dream that they can follow in a path. So I think these conversations are so important. So thank you so much for joining me in the conversation. Of course, likewise. Thank you to Trevor for coming on the show. I love investigating some of these disruptive companies that are doing something different in the sports world, whether it's a tech or a startup or a new league that's developing out there. There's so many opportunities for for growth. And I think that the Overtime Elite team can sit back and say, we're doing a really solid service to a lot of these young basketball players. We're building the brand. We're allowing them to earn. We're still teaching and training them. And it's shown by their brand associations and partnerships, the the major organizations that are investing in this product. Uh, It's just a great way to start to grow the talent, compete at a high level, and an alternative to college for so many. So love what they're doing. Hope for the continued growth. Thank you all for listening, learning a little bit more about brand partnerships and the Overtime Elite brand. Thank you to Trevor for being on. Please continue to rate, review, and subscribe. It's important as we grow. And that's all I got for you. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday.